Hello everyone, welcome to episode hmm, 165 of Midweek Metagame. I'm your host, Patrick Robertson, joined as always by the ever faithful Gabriel Nassif. Yeah, 165-ish. Yeah. What's up, Pat? What's up, everyone? Uh, things are going good for me, mate, and you're doing okay over there? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm leaving for Napoli tomorrow for the regional championships. Very good. Very good. Yeah, so that's going to be the focus of the episode tonight. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, regional championships uh, from Australia and Japan over the last weekend. Gab's got the European one this weekend, so we're going to be going a bit more in-depth on Standard again like we had last time. Uh, but before we kind of get into everything, I want to have you know brief update on the status of things. Harry has decided that he really wants to focus on YouTube for the time being, and so he's going to be stepping away from the cast, at least on a temporary basis. He's still going to be editing, uploading, and being involved peripherally, but you know, for the, mo- for the time being, it'll just be Gab and I going forward, and we'll just see what happens. Uh, that does mean, though, that we're going to kind of shift our focus away, not a- away from modern and pioneer specifically, but we're going to be focusing more on kind of what the what the tournament of the, the, the week is, essentially. So you know, with the Pro Tour coming back and these regional championships, we're going to be going into the formats that Gab's preparing for that are coming up for the big events. So that'll mean more standard, maybe some arena formats, um, but also, you know, the healthy dose of modern and pioneer when that comes, because I'm sure that those tournaments are in the pipeline as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I still uh, enjoy playing modern and pioneer and the other formats um, and uh, Magic Online challenges and whatnot. And I have a feeling the last Pro Tour should probably just be modern since we had Pioneer and now Standard. So that would make sense. Right. And there's also this uh, straight to modern Lord of the Rings themed set that's coming out as well right before it. So it seems like the perfect opportunity. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, there's going to be a big shakeup, I think, for modern before that Pro Tour that may or may not be modern. We don't know yet. But, uh, you know, stand by for confirmation on that, I guess. But, you know, we're still here. We're going to keep going. And uh, as always, the podcast is brought to you by the Patreons. So patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. That is still an active link. Uh, we're no longer sponsored by Card Market, and it would be really great, you know, if you want to get over there and help out, uh, keep the show going, pay editing costs, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously, there's no obligation to do so. We're just here for the love of the game, really. So why don't we get started with things? Why don't we kind of wrap up the weekend's tournaments that went on? So... Like I said, there's a regional championship in Australia, which a lot of my friends back home played in, and there's also one in Japan. Uh, Gab, do you want to break down kind of what the kind of breakout decks from the from the weekend were? Yeah, I think there was maybe even a third one. I, I forget, but the breakout decks were white green toxic. I guess it was not a lot of players playing the deck, but Ray Saito, Ray Sato, one in Japan. Ray is world-class player. He was in the MPL, right? And just really good. He tends to like playing more aggressive decks. And yeah, I had seen people uh, kind of hype up the deck and say it was real. And uh, he ended up winning the whole thing. Um, I believe Esper Legends had a a really good weekend overall. Grixis was still everywhere. But uh, if you looked at the stats, Grixis wasn't doing so well win rate-wise. I think there was one of the... The regionals, maybe the the Australian one that had six Grixis in the top eight, but Grixis didn't have like that amazing of a win rate, maybe 52%. I think it had like a sub 50% win rate in one of the regions. So mm. um, yeah, 
So, so I'm just looking at some of the stats here on goldfish. And in the Australian uh, regional championship, Grixis was 30% of the metagame. And I had six players in the top eight. Uh, and the other two decks were Esper Agra, which is a deck we're going to talk a lot about. And also to uh, a good friend of mine, also a good friend of mine, Tim Hughes, uh, playing Jundry Animator, which is a deck that we spoke a bit about last week that Gab actually uh, had chosen for his uh, Life on the Line deck and it qualified Tim for the Tim for the Pro Tour. So congrats, Tim. Uh, that's Jahikoi in uh, Twitch chat if, anybody's, uh, if anybody hangs out in Gab's stream for long enough. Yeah, no, for sure. It was actually a, a deck list I actually got from uh, Dan Burdick, who used to be uh, who used to work for Wizards and good friend of mine. And he had been playing a, a, a Junt uh, Trexa deck, so I gave it a try. I made some changes, and Jaykoy uh, ended up doing uh, really well. He fell a little short of uh, qualifying for Worlds. I'm assuming you know once once you made it this far, you you're hoping for the Worlds qualification. So he was. You know, probably still a little disappointed, but um, yeah, it was cool yeah. to uh, to see him do well with the deck. Yeah, actually, he got paired against the uh, only other non-Grixis deck in the quarterfinals. So he played the Esper Agro matchup in the quarterfinals, and these this John reanimated deck's pretty light on interaction in game one, and so I think he just got steamrolled in two quick games. I think he was a bit disappointed, but uh, obviously, you know, upon ref- at, at, that would probably be in the moment, and upon reflection, he'd be pretty happy to qualify for the Pro Tour. Um, the event actually was won by uh, a mainstay of uh, professional or semi-professional magic in Australia and New Zealand, Zen Takahashi, who's uh, you know just basically been a crusher for as long as I can remember. In fact, my first ever GP that I went to, uh, Zen Zen finished in the top four, and he would have been eleven years old, I think. Wow! And his dad was sitting on the sideline while he was playing the top eight match. Cheese eleven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, Zen, Zen, Zen's been crushing it since you know. Well, I I felt like I was almost washed up at that point. Now my first GP, <laughs> but Zen was a child, so he's still he's still killing it. Uh, Anthony Lee, who won the last uh, regional championships, also uh, made the top eight. And uh, a friend of mine, Joe Sclazero, who uh, GP Manila champion, the butcher of Manila, as we like to call him, finished uh, <laughs> fin- finished in twelfth. 12th place, uh, or at least in the top 12 with one red aggro. So shout outs to all my all my homies back home. Um, and congratulations to everyone else in the top eight. But I, I think kind of circling back around to what's going to be the, the major topic of conversation for the day, Esper aggro, pretty big weekend, I think. Um, you know, Ben Tudman uh, lost in the finals to Zen, actually. So made his way through uh, Agrix's player. And then if you look at the challenge results from the weekend as well, uh, Esper Agro uh, lost the finals on, or at least or split the finals on a Saturday and won the finals on the Sunday in the hands of Sebastian Pozzo on Magic Online. So big weekend for Esper Agro. And Gab, you've kind of, you've been gravitating towards it for this, uh, for this RC, is that right? Yeah, that's what I'm going to play. I um, started playing the deck after seeing it, it done well. You know, I was kind of trying to do my homework and I tried Green White Toxic I thought that deck was fine. I was not super impressed, but I thought it was pretty solid. Um, your sideboard's not very good, but you don't really need to sideboard much with that deck. The, the main deck was really solid. Maybe Sato's mana was a bit off. He was playing four Myrex, but yeah. I tried that deck. I kept playing a bunch of Atraxa decks. There's also um, Ignotus, who is an Italian player who loves to play control decks. He qualified for the last Pro Tour. And he um, he won a challenge with Jeskai Control. He's basically playling right. blue and white control cards, splashing for Fable of the Mirror Breaker. 
I gave that match, you know, that deck one match and decided. I mean, the list looks kind of bad. I think it's probably not very good. Maybe maybe it was a little tuning. It, it can be fine. I mean, I don't think it's it's terrible or anything. Um, you know, I think I think it, it's fine, but it it feels you know it doesn't feel super great. Fable is is a pretty busted card. But yeah, I tried a bunch of decks and I decided to just lock in Esper Legends. I wasn't even winning that much at first. I was doing okay, but not insane. I was actually losing to White Green Toxic, and. But the deck felt good. It felt fun. I was enjoying it, and I was I was winning a lot against Grixis. I think I'm like 10-0 against Grixis on the ladder. Not that the ladder means a ton, but still, um, as far as the ladder is good, I was also farming Monorite. Right. But yeah, I, I've been impressed, and I'm just gonna you know go with that this weekend. That's interesting to me that you're beating Grixis. I didn't really have a, have a good feel just looking at it on paper what the strong matchups would be. Like I didn't maybe my I couldn't intuitively understand why it would be good against a deck like Grixis, considering you know it's it's mostly just tapping out for creatures at, at sorcery speed, and a Grixis deck could, in theory, be tooled to beat it or, or strategize it to beat it. But so, what's what's Expert Legends doing specifically that makes it uh, a contender in standard? Do you reckon? I can't really explain it. My best guess is that you just get a lot of value from the lands. That's kind of the appeal. You know, that's. The, the question uh, I get the most is, why are you even bothering playing all legends? What's the point? You know, why not play spells or this and that? Well, you get um, just a pretty good mana base. You get the card Plaza of Heroes, which is, um, you know, the land that taps to cast legends. Yeah. And you can sack it to uh, pay free, sack it to give Hexproof Indestructible to one of your legends. You... Um, you get to play a lot of the channel lands. At first, I saw the list was free of each of Aganja and Ottawara, and I was like, okay, I get it, but that can't be right. But it really is. They're really good. So you, you get to play more lands, but still not flood too much in the late game because th these cards are just as good as spells. You know, one mana bounce, one mana kill your, your block or whatever. Really good. The, the legends are all good. You know, Thalia, you're playing, you get to play three or four Thalia in the main, and you're barely playing any spells. Uh, Rafine, we all know what that card does. Uh, Denik is really good in standard, lines up really well, uh, stopping stuff like Cruelty of Geeks, Corpse Appraiser, etc. And um, the rest of the legends are all really solid. Shield Red, Aratai, Toulouse, we'll, we'll get into detail more. But yeah, um, you know, my best guess is that it's pretty consistent. It has some pretty nutty draws when you're on the plan, you curve out, you're really hard to stop. And you get a ton of, tons of value from your lands. Yeah, I, I, would, I think when I first saw these lists, I was kind of, my mind was boggling at all these channel lands. Uh, but then, you know, when these things cost one mana or like two mana to activate, they, they are really, really good, good magic cards that also you, just help you cast your spells. So, you know, I'm looking at Sebastian Potter's list. He's got 28 lands in his deck, so you're never flooding. So you're, ne you're, never, you're never getting mana screwed. But you're also rarely flooding because you just have you know, a total of you know, have eight spell lands in those 28, 28 lands, and that's that's just great value. And you know, cards like Takanuma let you rebuy some of the utility creatures like Urtai Resurrected and stuff like that. And you know, so you've got a little bit more interaction than it looks like for deck that's all creatures. Yeah, it can be a problem sometimes if obviously you have to mulligan when you get six lands, but even five lands can can be rough to keep at. But as long as you have a two drop, a free drop. You can just keep a five lander because you have a lot of high impact cards. You have you have a decent amount of filtering with Toulouse and Rafine and 
old card drawing and stuff. And usually when you have five lands, one one or two of them are going to be some value lands. So, yeah, no, I was surprised, honestly. I would expect, and that's what kind of drew me to the deck. I was getting paired against Grixis, and, and they were drawing well. You know, they're going cut down into bang buster into fable into more removal into a corpse appraiser and uh you you were you just get to keep up honestly you get a ton of little value here and there um you know for if, if they stumble you can run them over but even even when they have it you know denic prevents some of that stuff it also the 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 disturb gets you wins you tons of games the raven man has been decent making making flyers whenever someone discards i um I like Guardian of New Benalia as well, which is the the, the non, only non-legendary creature in the in the deck. It has nice synergy with the, uh, you know, it protects itself. Uh, you can discard to give it indestructible. It, the endless is kind of relevant in this deck because a lot of time you'll have a, a, a creature just chilling that can't really attack, so you get value out of that. And it's a nice one to run out against Grixis on turn two because. You know they don't get to use their removal, or they can, but you just lose a card. So right, yeah, I was actually going to ask you to, to talk me through some of the kind of more more more, more strange two of or fringe cards in the deck. So f- for those of you who aren't aren't playing along at home, the deck is kind of comprised of thirty creatures more or less. You know, you have four Denic Pious Apprentice, uh, four Guardian Guard, Thalia Guardian Thraven, three or four Skrelv Defector Might. Uh, some number of Adeline, you have four Rafine, uh, a bunch of Shieldreds, and um, also Toulouse, Clever Conductor, which is a card that I hadn't even seen until the weekend, which uh, it's a 3-1 for 3, where Kanai's when it enters the battlefield, and then when you discard a card, you exile them, and when it dies, you put all cards exiled that way into their hand, so it kind of draws you two cards, and you discard one, and yeah, a pretty, pretty powerful synergy card. You know, you top it off with maybe some AO Sky Dawns and some Murti Resurrected, but talk me through some of the kind of weird fringe ones. So, like, you know, Guardian Guardian Banalia, not a legend. Is it just that important to have a two-drop that you need to go into these sort of looking at, looking at cards like this? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a two-drop. The, the games are way different uh, if you don't have a two. Um, and, you know, you've got four Danik, four Thalia, one or two Raven Man. You can play Ludovic, but it's kind of a vanilla legend not that great and guardians just really good in that deck really good in the format tons of synergies was you know to lose the raven man as i said then list then list is kind of a big deal so yeah i guess it, it's the next best thing i guess i can go over my my list card by card since um sh- should we do that now or should we talk about yeah. a bit of the other decks first maybe just do that now and yeah, why don't, we, why don't we just keep keep, so, keep going going through that? Yeah, so so right now what I plan to register is I have free Skrelv, just one mana. Its its role is just to you know eat a cut down, eat a, eat a removal spell, try and protect your creatures. Is that doesn't get to attack much, but it, it can protect your creatures. It can be clutch too to just play two spells in a turn against Grixis. It can be invoke despair fodder. That's one of the reasons why. This deck does okay against Rixis, is that Invoke Invoke Despair is not super good against it. You, you've got a few tokens, you can sack a creature, you can kind of almost out-tempo them, you know, sure they get to kill a creature and maybe draw two cards, but um, you 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 make up for it. Yeah, it actually seems like it's pretty hard for Invoke Despair to trade up on mana against you. 
you never yeah. you don't have enchantments to get eaten like fable of the mirror breaker or cruelty of geeks and you don't have planeswalkers so yeah it's trading down on mana and yeah you have like you said you have lots of ways to get to make it a minimize its impact yeah it's like an expensive edict slash constant divination which is a fine effect but it's not like insane or anything you know like five mana kill your worst creature draw two cards that sorcery speed's not not really I mean, playable. It's fine, but I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know if it's not yeah. playable, but if that so, was the only text on the card, it wouldn't. wouldn't it wouldn't be particularly. Yeah. Playable, so, so 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 yeah. That's that's the only good one mana legend you can play in the deck. Um, I've been happy with three, four. You draw two off two too often, and that that's not so good. Um, then I have four Thalia, pretty straightforward. Even though I do board it out a decent bit, especially on the draw, and you know I'll board it out completely in in some matchups. Like the mirror, right? Uh, yeah, for- it's actually. It seems like it's particularly bad on the draw in this format since uh, the Grixis deck's interaction really is limited to just two mana spells. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's right, but even against Grixis, I'll I'll trim maybe one or two on the draw just because it's the kind of card that's a little worse on the draw in general. Um, I then have four Denic, Pious Apprentice, two free lifelink stops. People from targeting their graveyard, it comes back. That card's like really amazing. It can really pop off against, you know, with Rafine, just turn two dead, turn three Rafine attack, start growing it, especially in, against aggro decks and stuff. So that card's amazing. I've got two the Raven Man, which is a two one for a black and a one. Whenever a player discards a card, you get a, a token at the end of turn, one token per turn. And it has four mana, you know, the rack. No, not the rack. Disrupting Scepter. Uh, disrupting Scepter ability, which I've actually used a few times now, especially against Grixis. Great. I was going to ask if that ever comes up. Yeah, it hadn't really come up for a few days. And then back-to-back you know, matches against Grixis, uh, I used it in two different games, and I've used it some more since. So, yeah. yeah it reminds me of, that's like me at age 11 on, on the living room floor. Yeah. <laughs> disrupting so. Scepter. Tons of synergies, obviously. Guardian, Rafine, the Channel Lands. And, uh, you know, if you're open and has a fable and, and discards with it, that's also you getting a, a token. Mm, right. Um, I'm playing right now free Guardian of New Benalia. You know, I think two or three is is probably fine. We talked about that card already. Uh, and the only non-creature spells in the main right now are to go for the throat because Shieldred's kind of a big deal. And, you know, having a few removal is fine. And the deck kind of does struggle against Shieldred if you're not playing any removal. No, what, what about cards like Adeline? Are you, where, where are you out of numbers for that? I'm I'm down to two, and I was watching a, a Spanish streamer yesterday, El Castillo, and he's been talking with Hamuda, who's also maybe Spanish. He's been playing that deck a lot on Magic Online, and that yeah, they, they finished top eight in the challenge that uh, Potter won. Okay, and maybe I'll, I think I, I saw the list, and I don't think they have Adeline at all, right? Uh, let me just let me which kind of makes sense like thing is about adeline is it's not that good of a card when people have creatures in play because the one one's gonna almost always die but i feel like it keeps winning games for me and feels like it doesn't have a ton of business winning games but it you know it's still like if it gets out of hand it, it's really good so right now i have a couple um yeah so uh, so hamuda has two copies in okay game. okay two yeah I, I kind of like that number it's like fine in the deck it's not amazing uh so so couple makes sense i have one loran in the main right now 
Right. Which, okay. So this that's the disenchant ETB, and then it like taps to like both players draw a card. Yeah. Um, not the highest impact, but sometimes it's pretty important against Fable. Obviously, obviously you have a ton of target. I have, I have more in the sideboard, but just the one of in the main. Almost everyone has targets for it, so. Yeah, like um, gig, uh, Bankbuster, Cause of Geeks. Yeah. Yeah. Even and, even the even the um the Green White Toxic deck has your Squelves that they can kill. Yeah. It's really important against Toxic. That's the matchup where you really, really need more off your sideboard. Then yeah, right. Oh, because they have the the Bitter Blossom as well, don't they? Yeah, the Bitter Blossom, the one forward. You have to kill Skrell. Maybe they bring in Wedding Announcement against you. <laughs> right. Next, I have one Jaren Corrupted Bishop, which I'm not sure it's going to make You're going to have to tell me what that card does. It's It's been okay. It's a 2-3 for a black and 2. When it enters the battlefield or another non-token human you control dies, oh. you lose one life and create a 1-1 one, one human creature token. So you get a token right away, which is nice against Invoke Despair, especially. Um, it's also nice against Sweepers. Most of your creatures have human. It also has, uh, you know, the ability to target human you control against Lifeling until end of turn. That hasn't been relevant for me so far. And it also has a six mana ability. If you're at 13 exactly, you can pay six mana and flip it, and you get a six six flying lifelink, trample, sack another creature, draw a card. But has that ever come up? I mean, it's come up in other formats, and I've had people flip it against me in other formats. But I think it was more like a decks like sacrifice decks where you can manipulate your life total a bit more. So mm. just the body's been pretty solid. I'm not sure that card's gonna make the cut though, because Right now, I only have free Rafine, which is maybe a little sus. You know, that card's kind of one of the reasons to play the deck. Um, so yeah. I would be surprised if that Jaren ends up just being a, a force Rafine. What's the logic behind behind only, only three Rafine? Is it, are you just trying to find space for to try something different? Yeah, now? exactly. I'm just trying a bunch of cards, and something's got to right. go in the meantime. And I, I know okay. how good Rafine is. Um, Right now, I have two gigs, which right. is black, is black, one. Exactly. Yeah, Centaur Corsair for black, black, one. And when one of your creatures deals combat damage, you get to draw a card uh, for one life multiple times a turn. That card can definitely pop off. I was a little skeptical, but it's been it's been really solid for me. And it, it notable that it doesn't die to cut down. It doesn't die to, you know, not it doesn't die to every removal spell. So sometimes, sometimes just actually but a lot of time even you know if you play draw a card of it and then it dies it's it's kind of done its job you know it gain you a little, little advantage mm-hmm. um i also have two to lose clever conductor we talked about that card tons of synergies uh sometimes it can be a little mopey it can kind of sit there and not really be able to attack or do much but it, it's 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 nice and it does pop up sometimes where you just get six cards underneath it and <laughs> They have to kill it at some point, and you get six cards back. So um, that card is solid. I think two is is about right. Um, yeah, that's all the free drops. And then at four, I have two Shield Dread, two Eritai, no AO. Um, I was trying one Ratadabric, which is the white-black four drop that when your other legends die, you get copy of them. And I, I kind of got hooked because... Um, the first time, first couple times, it was okay for me. It won me a game, but I still had it in my deck. And it actually Sam Pardee, who who's one of my teammates who played the deck a bit, and he pointed out that that card's just not playable. And so now it's gone. 
Right. Okay. Uh, what, what do you What are you looking to replace it with? Then are you going to go up and just more cheap, more like more two and three drops? Um, more two it, and three drops. AO sounds like okay. It seems like a fine card. I haven't missed it. I haven't felt like I've needed it. I've I've been like I'm 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 doing really well with the deck in my last like twenty matches or so. It's only arena ladder, but but still, and uh, you could play a third shield red. You know, a lot of these numbers are plus minus one. You know, uh, shield red Adeline could be one or two or three. It's it's hard to know. You know, exact numbers. Um, right. Like I feel like maybe Denik is the only hundred percent definite four of. Like even right. Talia or Rafine, you could argue like free is is good. Um, yeah. Right, okay. And then the mana bases is like yeah, obviously a whole bunch of uh dual lands to try and, you know, to cast all these kind of multicolor legends. It's all, you know, tied in around um uh, Palace of Heroes or whatever it's called. Plaza of Heroes, yeah. Plaza of Heroes, yeah. Uh, and then obviously the spell lands as well. But what about when we look at the sideboard? So, so maybe before we look at the sideboard, what's this deck? We think this deck's good against Grixis, uh, and it doesn't play a huge amount of stack-based interaction or ways to interact with the board. So presumably a sideboard's just kind of full of, you know, cheap spells to bring in. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of removal spells. Right now I have four cut downs. A third go for the throat, two extra Lorans, um, four Nightclubber, which is 2 2 for black, black one. When it enters a battlefield, creatures your open and controlled get minus one, minus one. And it also has Blitz, a black and two, so you could play it for black and two. It has haste, and at the end, when it dies, you draw a card or something. And it, yeah. You have to sacrifice that at your end of turn. I so this is presumably for poison, right? Or for toxic? Yeah, it's red. it's yeah, it's pretty much only for toxic. Maybe it's okay against soldiers. They usually mm-hmm. have Skrelv and they could have there's some games where there's some one ones. Also, maybe you just attack one turn and they block and you finish a creature off with it. So um I, I'm playing Nightclubber. I've seen play people play temporary lockdown. Maybe that card's better against Toxic, but you have your own one and two drop, so that's a lock words. But it also yeah, gets like seems like it's difficult to cast white white non creature spells here. Um, yeah, that's that's another thing. You might not cast it super easily on on free, which is nice with the the clubber. You can blitz it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the anti toxic tag. But even with like more Lorans and these four night clubbers and the cutdowns and stuff, I've still like actually lost the last few times I've played against toxic. I feel like I'm getting a little unlucky in that matchup. But uh, yeah, it's been tough. And right now I have one of each Kaito and one Wandering Emperor. Uh, mm-hmm. Kaitos are for... Um, I- I'm guessing you can bring in a bunch of matchups on the play, especially the matchups where you don't especially want Thalia. They- they're also pretty decent, I think, against Grixis. And the Wandering Emperor is mostly for the Mirror and for the creature matchups, basically. The matchups where you're going to want to board out your Thalias, because they don't have a ton of spells and you're bringing a lot of removal, so you just basically board out the Thalias, trim some cards, and bring in a bunch of removal spells, Wandering Emperor. And the last card is one Razorlash Transmogran, which is a free one, two-man artifact. That's kind of the the new tech for the Grixis Mirrors. Yeah, I was gonna, I was, I was going to say that's probably a decent time to talk about that then. Yeah, so you know, there's a pretty long history of these kind of recursive, you know, Bloodgasty-style creatures making an impact in 
in standard and other formats you know, as this kind of attrition element. And but typically they they've been good against kind of low creep decks with you know few, very few creatures and and whatnot. Less less good against mid range than than uh, than I would have expected. So I'm trying to try and articulate that a little bit better. Typically, the, the you know, Bloodgast style cards have been good against decks that uh, are not good at blocking. And a deck like Grixis seems like it's a, a good enough at blocking that you could that it wouldn't be so good. But it, it just seems like it's great. The re, the rebuy is really easy to get get going. So its rebuy is like four and two black, and it comes into play with a plus one plus one counter. But that ability costs four less if your opponent has four or more non basics, and everyone's kind of stretching the mana base pretty hard in these formats. Yeah. At the moment. So it kind of comes back to black, black, and you know, if you think about it on paper, you know, it's a kind of thought experiment. Uh, maybe it feels like Grixis is pretty good at blocking it, but actually all their creatures are just two twos and three threes. So it attacks with impunity. Yeah. Once it's a four two, there's not too many people who can really block it. Uh, I was even just bringing it on right. the play in, uh, in the mirror, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is I it the sort that... of thing that might be better than the Guardians of Nubinalia or something in like large numbers in your deck? Yeah, it's definitely a card that you could play as a one-off in the main. Um, yeah. You know, over the third guardian, especially if you feel like you want more room for sideboard slots and save save yeah. one here. It's also a card that helps you a bit against sweepers. So, are there really any sweepers in the format though? Like, what, uh, Brotherhood's End is one of them, obviously. But yeah, Brotherhood's End is is one of them. I guess the Elder Dragon War, but that's not super effective against us for Legends. You've got Gix Command, which as much as I used to like hate that card or think it was like super mediocre, I'm wondering if that's you know if I if I was playing gigs, I didn't get to to test gigs much because I basically, which is kind of rare for me, but I was pretty locked on Esper for the past like three or four days, and uh, I didn't really go back to too many other decks. But um, if I was, I was if I was to build Grixis right now, I think I would start maybe with one or two Grixis command in my main deck just because. There's so many of these creature creature decks. I'm not even sure it would be good, but you know that would be like kind of where I would start. Right. Well, that's that's a pretty comprehensive breakdown of this deck. Maybe we can um and we think it's good against Grixis, uh, and you think it, you're, you're telling me it's weak against um poison. I'm presuming you're expecting a pretty large metagame share for, for Grixis this weekend. Yeah, still probably a decent bit of Grixis. Um, I was I was doing really well against Mono Red on the ladder. I expect some Mono Red, but way less uh, proportionally than what you can play against on Arena because it's just fairly easy deck to build. doesn't mm -hmm. take a ton of, of wild cards. So, yeah, and I think the Esper deck's probably, like, decent across the board. Uh, hopefully, I don't have, you know, that surprise. I don't have a ton of pressure either. I'm already... I'm, "Quote unquote," only playing for the the, the money and the glory because I'm already qualified for Worlds and the Pro Tour, so that's nice to not have to worry about. Yeah, it's a relatively low low stake environment for you in the in in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, so just, for just sure. playing what you what you're happy with and comfortable with, and not not yeah. sweating it too much. But yeah, the deck's been doing well for a while. It seems had decent win rates. Um, it, it's felt pretty good. It's kind of fun too, and uh, yeah, I guess. Quick touch on the mana base. It's kind of tricky. You need to decide how many fast lands. Kind of this format with a lot of your, sorry, with a lot of your decks, you have to decide. You know how many fast lands you want. I'm only playing like one Rafine's Tower, one of the Triumph, for instance. I have seven fast lands, not eight. 
have a basic because I saw a few lists with Field of Rune. I saw Mono White with Field of Rune, and I was like, oh god, maybe I should have one basic. I kind of wanted an extra untapped mana source, anyways. And you know, you've got fast lands, you've got the pain lands too, which are necessary, but they really hurt in, in this deck specifically and in a lot of decks in the format because you look at the casting cost, there's not a ton of colorless mana in the casting cost of these cards. So when you play a pain land in the early turns of the game, it, it might deal a lot of damage to you. So yeah, it's a little tricky. And the other thing I want to talk about is that I don't, I'm not playing any counters. I don't think I'm going to play any counters in my sideboard. Maybe I'll have one make disappear or something, but I just haven't missed them. You have really poor synergy with counters because you're not very good at keeping mana up and i guess a lot of time matchups where you want counters is also the matchups where you want thalia probably so i started with a bunch of counters sounded kind of good but i was like you know i was like i had a bunch of disdainful stroke in my sideboard is like typical me right i had a bunch of strokes in my sideboard i get paired against a cruelty of gigs attracts a shieldred deck and i'm like you know what i don't even want these disdainful strokes i'd rather just <laughs> try and snowball with my creatures and just mm. rely on go for the fruit and Urtai and that's it and, you know, do my thing. And I, I was going to ask about that that matchup because you know, obviously you know, we, we said at the beginning that Tim Hughes lost to this deck in the quarterfinals and, you know, on paper, I don't necessarily think it's think it's that, that great of a... You know, it's, a pretty, it's probably a pretty bad matchup for the for the, Jun, the Jundry animator deck, but obviously this deck really does struggle if your opponent gets, gets, gets a Traxter into play. Is it the sort of thing where like you have enough pressure to overrun them if you can just yeah you can just go for the throat the first attracts are out of the way and the card advantage doesn't mean anything? I don't know. They just never get a track sent to play against me. <laughs> you hope they never get a track sent to play. That's just kind of the rule. Okay, right. I, I don't know if I've run good or I don't know, but they never be between Denik and Eritai and just too slow. Maybe you have Loran for their cruelty. Um, right okay i don't know somehow i i don't think i've really faced any attracts i even when i got paired against these decks yeah, um, yeah it, it certainly seems to me like attract those attracts decks are set up to beat grixis rather than set up to beat this de sort of deck yeah you, you kill them pretty fast and you can also definitely kill them the turn they play attracts that you know you have auto war and go for the fruit to kill it um so yeah so you do you do put enough pressure on their life total in, in to the, to make that attracts a turn, uh, you know, if they remove attracts, then you're they're basically just dead. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that's pretty good. It, it makes me wonder what the role of Jund in the metagame is. Then, in that respect, do you think what are what decks is Jund really good against that this deck isn't? Like, why would you choose to play Jund over this if you're trying if you're angling to beat Grixis? Well, in my experience, everything's been good against Grixis. Every deck I've <laughs> okay. tried has been. You know, whether it was the Traxa deck, Ragdos Traxa, John Traxa, I was doing well against Grixis. It was Esper Legends I was doing good against Grixis. I thought the White Green Toxic deck was pretty good against Grixis because they didn't deal with the high very well and they were not super good against, like, oh, not always super good against Go White Strats or... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm honestly curious to see how Grixis does because um, I was just beating Grixis was pretty much everything. So uh, I feel like this format is just pretty balanced. There's a bunch of different decks. And if you know what you're doing, you can probably play, you know, whatever you want. I had a lot of people ask me about Mono White, even though I feel like that deck's not very good. A lot of people ask me about Mono Blue. 
I don't think that deck's fine, but not anything special. Um, I, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I tried... Um, there's also other decks that, you know, I'll probably have more time to try. Maybe maybe I'll be like something interesting for the Pro Tour that's also going to be standard. But I had a, a red-green uh, Storm the Festival deck that I built that was like kind of okay. The idea was that you get Scrap Gorger, which is really solid. That's the, the mana 2-drop the mana that also exiles cards in the graveyard. You get to play Abrade and Bangbuster and Fable and Contagious Vorak, which is another good free drop to go with Fable. I've been pretty um, impressed by the the small number of contagious Voraxes I've seen in constructed. Yeah, it, it's okay. Um, it, it's the a cruise bankbuster. Yeah, it's a solid card. It blocks a fable token, cruise bankbuster. Um, you know, a card I've been impressed with is the Elder Dragon War. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. Actually, that it's a already, surprising yeah. kind of you know fringe saga that's been doing doing good work. But I've seen that come up on other lists as well. Yeah, I guess I was already liking it and. It does seem amazing and it's toxic because the minus one, minus one of the Night Clover is nice, but they also have the, the, the green one too. They have a bunch of Tutsuna creatures. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, that's a, a card I've been happy to have access to, whether it's in John Atraxa or this this red green deck I build. Um, there's, you know, Monorite's probably fine. People have been trying to, the different builds, uh, they, they have sideboards with a bunch of planeswalkers and a lot of removal they kind of turn into removal plus planeswalker deck after sideboard uh you can probably make control work if you're trying hard enough like ignotus did uh yeah i was gonna ask i was gonna ask if we could talk maybe a little bit about that uh ignotus deck because on its surface i was kind of in love with it We, we spent a little bit of time talking last week about actually about um you know cards that are that are potentially pretty good in the format that don't see any play and one of the ones that stuck out to me was uh was farewell you know there's a kind of wide there's a big variety of threats in the format at the moment that require slightly, slightly different answers there's good enchantments there's good artifacts there's creatures obviously then the graveyard gets good use and farewell is just a clean answer to all of it but this is, doesn't seem to really be a home for it no, it's like it's so tough, you know. It's the kind of card you're like, man, if I had, I really could use a farewell now, but it's you know six mana sorcery can be a lot card. It, it's fine. Like Ignotus had two depopulate, two farewell in his main deck. He had a bunch of counters, uh, a few bangbusters, four fable, four memory deluge, three wandering emperor, some spots. Four memory removal. deluge. That's pretty. That's four, yeah. memory, four memory deluge is pretty saucy. Yeah, 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 and two Sanctuary Warden for top end, and I, I, I really like Sanctuary Warden. It's a cool card. It's really powerful. And I was wondering if maybe these two farewells, honestly, if if the deck was going to be better if these two farewells are just Warden number three and four, just you know, slam a Warden every turn, uh, turn six onwards, and make them deal. Maybe keep depopulate because there's a bunch of go white strats and a lot of creature decks in the format, but. Um, it's tough, you know, with these decks to find the right mix because you don't have the greatest synergies. You're playing anytime you're playing creatures and sweepers in the same deck, you know, things get a little awkward. So can you can you build it and like try and not play any sweepers, just spot removal, but then maybe you get ran over because uh, your cards are are maybe all more expensive on, on a raid. If your creatures and no creatures and no sweepers, then why aren't you just Grixis? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of like, oh, if I'm going to go spot removal and I'm playing Fable, why am I playing the white cards over the black cards? And 
I don't know. The Wandering Emperor is a really strong card. Sanctuary Warden is a really strong card. Um, you don't even get the Triumph in Jeskai, which is another big strike against it. Yeah, that might be that might be a, a, a subtle, subtly important knock. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't make it. You really need to be a believer in sweepers and the white cards in general to to think that like this is going to be better than than Grixis. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, uh, well, I mean, maybe it's, we can dream, maybe, can't we? You know, maybe maybe these cards are just you know it's like the right mix, and somehow it's good. It doesn't make sense though. You're like. I don't get a triumph. You know, there's great cards in 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 Grixis combo already. And these white cards don't seem anything super special. I'm playing sweepers and creatures. I'm gonna have awkward games, but yeah, maybe four memory delusion, a bunch of sweepers is winning recipe. Yeah, this is this this definitely looking closely at this list. It looks like exactly the sort of thing I would have played at like our like weekly standard tournaments when I was just starting yeah. getting back into tournament magic and done well at, and then being like let's go to a PDQ and being like this deck is unplayable yeah it might be also a little worse in open deck lists I, I'm guessing a lot of he probably got a lot of wins because people weren't exactly sure you know if they should play around sweepers in game one or what's going on exactly yeah. and you know maybe playing a little too passive and getting punished by memory deluge or maybe playing a little too aggressive and getting punished by the pop who, knew, who knows who knows how he his matches went well. He does, but yeah. you know, yeah. right. But uh, anything else? Anything else you'd like to get get it, get into while we're here? Not, not really. I'm just interested, as always, to see how it all plays out. You know, if if the um, arena ladder is reasonable playtesting, you know, I, it's it's been a while since I like. Playtested on arena for a tournament, yeah, right. so we'll see. Yeah, we, we kind of, yeah, we went through a bit of a lull phase, right? Like there was all this arena stuff for MPL and rivals and stuff like that, and then suddenly there was like the big end of MPL, and like I feel like you haven't streamed arena in a really long time up until these up until uh, after the pro tour, and you, know, you kind of back onto it for a bit for now. Like who knows what the quality of opponent on, on that's like? I feel like everyone kind of just migrated back to with Magic Online, and so all the good players are back on Moto again. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it was fun playing on the ladder. You know, I got to pretty pretty high mythic, which is nice. Might qualify me for the um, the next arena qualifier. You know, if you make it to top two fifty mythic, and it was the, the grind was fun testing for the turn. I, I enjoyed my my time on arena. I enjoyed playing standard, all these different decks. Um, I was watching Autumn stream yesterday, or maybe it was a, a tweet they posted, but they were saying they thought like standards the best it's been in in a super long time and you can basically play anything and um there's yeah, still a I've, lot to explore and stuff i've definitely been in, in, enjoying watching the games again and you know seeing what people are coming up with i i, I think i felt a little bit a little bit nervous going into going into the last weekend but wondering how wondering how much grixis was just going to be you know, huge percentage of field huge percentage of top eight and dominant and seeming unbeatable, but really it feels like people have kind of come out at the end of it with, you know, good tech for the Grixis Mirror in uh, in the Razor Lash Transmigrant. And then, you know, this also obviously is Esper Legends deck, you know, the, all the various Traxxas shells and then Poison decks really kind of shaking things up while you can also play, you know, it's, for the first time in a long time, it feels like you can play aggressive decks. Yeah. Like Mono Red is not bad and Mono Blue is not bad. These are legit, these are reasonable choices that can lead to you doing well at tournaments and standards always been in a healthier spot where someone's threatening to kill you with a savannah lines or a jackal pup 
in my opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting because now now you can see uh, a bit more why uh, Wizards decided to ban Meat Hook Massacre because they knew Toxic was coming. They knew you know there was like some some creature decks coming, especially Toxic, and you know sometimes some of the I'm not saying it was like. You know, maybe they, they probably should have still been like Fable or maybe another black card and maybe also Meat Hook, but, you know, they, they knew also like that's going. So it, it's kind of nice that we don't have Meat Hook in the format, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like one thing that the theory that kind of makes sense is that people expect a lot of Grixis, so they showed up with Grixis to beat Grixis and that let other, you know, the, the creature deck, something like Toxic Shine, Maybe people playing, you know, trying to go over the top of Grixis or playing these free one that can block in the mirror or whatnot and less cut downs, yeah. less less sweepers. Uh, and- it's interesting, right? Like I actually thought that going into the going into last weekend, the general consensus for winning the Grixis mirror was like, oh, we just gotta go over the top. Like we've gotta go, you know, the person with the most invoked despairs, with you know, the most who can get the most two for ones essentially out of their out of out of all, all their exchanges is the one who's going to come out on top at the end. Like you got to stick your bank busters and, and, and grind them into the dust. But then, you know, Zen Takahashi and his testing group turn up with lots of razor, lots of these three, one comp blocks and just put pressure on the opponent and just get them dead like that. And just, you know, have, have, have a, have a decent number of attrition, attrition elements, but at the same time, pressuring the opponent's life total, it's a kind of, you know, slipping underneath the access, yeah, which I I don't think I I, I really expected, but maybe maybe your experience is uh, uh, different to mine. Yeah, I'm not sure. I probably would have gotten gut. I might have just showed up with a bunch of siphon insights like I used to for the Grixis mirrors. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like uh, you know, playing a bunch would, of think twices and just died. <laughs> I would even like play one or two in the main and up to four in the sideboard. I thought it was really good. It was the counters, the synergy, and and whatnot. And yeah, it seems like the free one. So I don't know. Because I haven't played a lot of Grixis. I haven't played any Grixis mirrors recently. Um, but th- these Transmigrants do seem do seem pretty strong. Um, they can get a little awkward. I played a, a game today where my, my Grixis opponent had even just one basic. You know, one basic in the early turns mean that you can't get it back on, on turn four right away. And let alone if they ever draw two basics. I'm not sure if too many people still play that many basics besides like mono white or mono blue but or the monocolor decks but yeah um we'll see i guess we'll see uh i i expect the grixis which is not great for me but i expect the grixis list to look more like you know what we've already seen you know two maybe two cut downs in the main two mm-hmm. or three abrades two or three go for the throat yeah maybe, i reckon they're maybe, gonna be moving back a little bit more towards interacting yeah. with creatures in game one yeah, maybe a Gix come in. I also like removals, not that bad in the mirror. Honestly, cut down can yeah, of course, yeah. can, can be really good in, in the mirror sometimes. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Right, so is there going to be any coverage of this tournament in, in Naples? Yeah, should be uh, Twitch coverage. They've been, uh, you know, doing better and better job and delivering really good, really, co- really. I thought the the Sofia coverage was. I heard it was really good. And okay, so Legacy's Legacy's running. Yeah, Legacy's taking it out. Yeah, it's not going to be like Pro Tour coverage quality level, but um, you know, hopefully, it's. I think it's you know their home country. I believe even maybe their hometown. Oh wow! Okay. Um, which is maybe one of the reasons why it's in in Naples. So <laughs> maybe yeah. 
so there's there, no excuse they're on home turf um, yeah and no it should be it should be cool it should be fun to watch the right, acting so. standards really you know really really fun to watch right now yeah, i was getting cool. i don't know if it was just a bunch of desperate people also having their regionals come up but as as giving over a thousand viewers pretty much every stream uh play right arena. yeah okay what's this called a standard renaissance hey yeah right so do you want to put your life on the line i guess you already have you put <laughs> yeah, Esper I mean, legends yeah just for <laughs> legends yeah right i don't have any thoughts on the matter but uh i, I kind of hate to look at this Esper legends deck on paper to be perfectly honest it's the sort of deck i've never succeeded with yeah. just you know 30 creatures and a bunch of lands i just I, I never win with decks like that auto war is a spell one man it's true that's true i do like auto war a lot <sighs> really like auto war Hmm. Grixis. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it is a classic me answer, isn't it? Yeah, I'd probably just play Grixis. Hey, and I'd probably just have a bunch of transfer grants and just try and just try and nickel and dime people out and beat them down, put pressure on their life total, yeah, play some interactive spells. That's kind of that's that's my wheelhouse. Creatures that come block when everyone's trying to get you uh, to run you over with creatures sounds like sounds like a great strat absolutely perfect strategy but i'd have a lot of cut downs it'll be fine okay all right so that'll do for us this week if you made it this far in the episode fantastic we'll see you next week for a debrief i guess on how gab went at the rc and you know a kind of i guess a look at the evolution of standard format and as always gab where can we find you on the internet yeah twitch.tv slash yellow hat um this tournament i really just was super open. I was already pretty open about things for the last regional championships when the stakes were a little higher for me. And this one, I was like, you know, just I let you know, I had no secrets, no, no, I'm not hiding anything. Just playing my deck, tuning my deck. It was fun. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it does if it uh, if it pays off. Right, fantastic. And you can find Harry at uh, YouTube.com/slash/HarryMTG. Yes, uh, you should go it on YouTube. Just keep going and checking out his stuff uh, he deserves he deserves the views he make, puts out fantastic content and you can find me recovering from the end of teaching term here at uh at university of oxford because i did my last tutorial today and I'm, so i'm just gonna not do anything for a couple of weeks Ooh, and nice. just focus on on life again wow <laughs> yeah That's great all right catch you next week all right take care everyone